Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. You remember that feeling you had when you were first in love and then you first got married and everything was perfect and that other person was just walking on water. There was nothing wrong they could do. And then there's this realization, perhaps an explosive moment, as was the case for me, when it was like, oh, I'm married to somebody who, or I'm in love with somebody who has flaws. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg Smalley. And for me, Greg, it was in the Ozarks. We honeymooned <laughs> in the Ozarks, and it was day four of our honeymoon. We stopped at a little store, did some you know, shopping around, and Dina, I, I might have shared this before, but Dina wanted to get some pottery that she saw, some, some bowls for the kitchen. And I'm like, you, wanted, you want to be a missionary in like five or ten years, and so what's the sense of buying a bowl today? <laughs> we'll have to get rid of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, very practical, and very. I was cheap, and <laughs> she cried, and it was a very icy drive <laughs> as we went to our next destination. All over a bowl. It, it, you yeah. know, in hindsight, just buy the bowl, will you, John? Just buy the stinking bowl, but we all have those moments. And then break it, like, accidentally oh, no, two no, no, years no, later. No, I would not do that. So, Well, here's Gary Thomas. He shared about being a supportive spouse in a way John Fuller was not with his wife. And uh, let's listen to the conversation that Gary had with Jim Daly and me. Speak to that person who doesn't know how to get unstuck. I mean, maybe he or she, they are bored. They are hitting that point in their marriage where it doesn't seem to have the romance and the zip and, you know, just the emotional connection anymore. Working hard, Maybe they're trying to save money, they just bought a house, whatever it might be. It just seems now to be the grind of life. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they lift their heads up and have their epiphany moment to say, we could be living for so much more? What has helped me is to realize that even if I stop caring about my marriage, God cares about my marriage because God cares so much about who I'm married to. And so it's recognizing how dear my wife is to God. And you might be married to this common woman or this common man, and you see them in their most common moments when they get out of bed and when they're tired at the end of the day. But when you realize how dear they are to God, and it's fine to say, Lord, I need to recapture your heart for this person. I need to recapture your wonder for this person. And God will help us do that when we understand God's role, not just as our heavenly father, but as a heavenly father-in-law. Because that's what he is. Gary, you talked in your book about the prosecuting attorney, you know, in relationships. Man, that that resonated because so often couples, and I do it too, you get into discussions with your spouse and you do, you turn into the prosecuting attorney. What did you do? Why did you do it? How much did you spend? I mean, there's so many ways to fill in the blank there. Um, Again, it seems so natural to our flesh to fall into that. And I would say some people would probably say sometimes it's practical. You have to have those discussions. How could you spend that much money on X? But um, you're saying refrain from doing that. Become the defense attorney. Talk about that. I I preached a sermon out of Second Baptist Romans 831, if God be for us, who can be against us? And my goal in marriage is that I be as for my spouse as God is for me. And God is for me in the midst of my sin. Now, he hates my sin. He wants the sin to stop. But there is never a moment when he stops being for me. 
Mm. He's a healing physician, not a prosecuting attorney. And so he's trying to woo me away from my sin. He's convicting me in my sin. He's saying, I don't want that for you. It will destroy you. It will destroy your relationships. But he does it because he's for me, not because of what it does to him or for him. And so in the midst of my wife's struggles or in the midst of my kids' struggles, it's how can I show you that I'm for you here, that I'm not looking at this as how it aggrieves me or how it inconveniences me or how it embarrasses me, but because I want the best for you as God wants the best for me. And again, the only way I can get that is when I'm going to prayer and God forgives me and when I'm loved by God, I see how he loves me, which is why you know, 1 John four nineteen, we love. Why? Because he first loved us. And when I realize I have to bathe myself in God's love, if I'm scrimping on worship, I become a much more demanding husband mm. because I'm not then living in the magnificent obsession. I'm like, Look, I'm not getting what I need from God, so you've got to start filling it up. And then it's like, how do I fix my wife instead of how do I love my wife? How do we close that gap, though? I mean, you're describing something that within Christendom particularly, uh, there is what we want to be, and then there's reality when it comes to our Christian expression. One, we have to be reminded of some of the same truths. One time, uh, look, my wife and I have an agreement. When I give a marriage anecdote, I'm the bad guy. I mean, I, I would hate being married to a Christian writer or speaker because all your private stuff becomes public. So usually when I give an analogy, it's I'm the bad guy. But there's one time when I was just frustrated with what my wife was doing. I, I could hear God's voice so clearly. This is how your wife stumbles. Hmm. And I teach this. I preach on it just about every weekend. James 3, 2, we all stumble in many ways. And God was saying, look, do you really believe this? I mean, you say you know it. And then your wife stumbles and you're like, why can't I have a perfect wife? And I would just say, look into your heart. Don't you kind of resent the fact that your spouse isn't perfect? Most of us do. But if we accept the scriptural reality that we stumble in many ways and our spouse stumbles in many ways, it was helpful for me to say, okay, this is how my wife stumbles. So how do I help love her in the midst of that? Not denying it, but being sort of a healing presence in the midst of it. And I think that's where love is built. I mean, love is built in understanding. Understanding isn't blind. This is where we're weak. I, one of the healthiest men I know, he's really one of my best friends. He's just so matter of fact. He goes, yeah, that's why I'm too harsh and that's why you're too passive. You know, he just, <laughs> he just throws that down. He didn't sugarcoat it. And that's why I still respect you. It's just, look, I, I know you're too passive, but he loves me and I respect him for it. And I, I think that's where you see real love in a marriage when a husband can say, yeah, this is where my wife stumbles or a wife says, this is where my husband stumbles. But we love them in the midst of it because we know there are no perfect spouses to be found. And so then how do I be your partner in the midst of that? Look, if I catch my now daughter-in-law love and support my son in the midst of his stumbling, she still forgave him. She showed him grace. She lifted him up. She honored him. That would please me as much as anything that she could do. Mm. And that's what I'm saying that we're called to do for our own spouses. God looks at our spouses as his children. And that's really one of the best ways to honor him, to worship him, to serve him, is to take care of his children. Nothing is dearer to God's heart than his children. Some great thoughts and insights from Gary Thomas. And Greg, I think, I think you've been the one 
that I've heard this from most recently, and that is if I treat my spouse like the child of the king, I'm going to have a little different attitude, and I appreciate that. Now, so you counsel couples. If someone came to you and said, well, all right, I know I'm expecting too much of my spouse, but I can't bring my expectations down, what do you say to them? Well, first of all, we have expectations in marriage because we believe our spouse is the source for what we want. So I think the very first place that that I'd want to visit with this person is to really think about that, that am I looking towards my wife to fill a need that really either I'm responsible to fill or God is responsible to fill. And usually if I'm looking at Erin as my source in ways that she really was never designed to be, that's where we get into trouble. That's when I get these expectations that go unfulfilled in one time I wrote on an anniversary card, in, and I put in big, bold letters that I don't need you. <laughs> um, okay, now, husbands, leaning in right now, you said, what? She um, she understood what you were trying to say, no doubt. She, she understood it, because I what, want... What, what were you trying to tell her? I, I was wanting her to know that, that I don't need you, I need God, but boy, I want you. And that's a big, big, big difference. I want my wife to know that that no matter what she does or how she chooses to show up in our relationship, that I'm going to be okay because I know how to turn to God to get what I need. I want Aaron. I so, want so her for a lifetime. A, a more positive way to put that might be, I want you. Exactly. And that's why I was just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't write that down. <laughs> you are a provocator. <laughs> but but it's true. That's a really good perspective. God has reminder. given me the job to take care of me. That's a job that I'm responsible to do, to turn to Him as the true source of what I need in this life. That when God said that He sent His Son to die for me, that He sent His Son so that I could have life, John 10, 10, and have it abundantly— that marriage doesn't create fullness. As individuals, we are whole, full, and complete in Him, Yeah, not let, because of a spouse. Let me flip this around a little bit, because um, Dina has a tendency to want to be everything for me. So counsel her as she looks in the mirror and says, I can't do it all. Right, and, and that's the problem, because at some point she, she gets exhausted mm-hmm. and worn out. She's not able to show up maybe at times for you, maybe because she's exhausted and worn out, she has nothing to give. And so if you've bought into the notion that, yeah, she is my source, then you have every right to demand, to manipulate, to control her, to give you what supposedly you need from her. Okay. And that's just, that. that's not fair. So how does she find freedom from that self-imposed expectation that I've got to be everything for him? Release your spouse to do the job that God created them to do, which mm. is they, you are responsible to take care of you. Now, I, when I talk about this, people always are like, well, wait, that doesn't sound well, like, okay, so why get married? Why, you know, well, we are instructed to be helpmates to each other. So God is certainly going to use me in Aaron's life. But again, I'm not her source because I'm human. And John, there's many days that I'm grumpy and I'm irritable in I'm not fun to be around, I'm exhausted, I have nothing to give her. And so if she's just simply waiting there for me to give whatever she's looking for, it, that's, where, that's where it breaks down. Mm-hmm. Our culture has created very codependent relationships because we buy into this, that, that you complete me, 
you know, the movie yeah, lines and the yeah. songs that, that we listen to all point towards this person should be able to be everything for you and they should be available at any moment to give whatever it is that you're needing. And that's just not true. And that's why the greatest gift that you can give your spouse is to recognize that God is your true source. Go to him. Learn how to accept that job of taking care of you. It frees your spouse up to then come alongside of you as a helpmate, not as your source. Mm. I appreciate that. And uh, I'm going to encourage you as a listener to look in the show notes for the link to our website and our phone number. Um, You can call and talk to somebody, talk to a counselor if you're struggling with uh, this kind of an expectation regarding your spouse. Certainly, um, we have some great resources for you, including Gary Thomas's book, A Lifelong Love. Make a donation to the Focus on the Family Ministry today, uh, a gift of any amount, and we'll say thank you by sending Gary Thomas's book to you. And you can also see a link in the episode notes for a download of the entire conversation Jim and I had with Gary Thomas. Next time, we'll hear once again from Tommy Brown. He'll be talking about the money types in marriage. And until then, on behalf of Greg and the team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage podcast. Mm